0: Hey, welcome to the H&H Hour podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the
1: H&H Hour that your ordinary is
0: extraordinary. Thanks for listening.
1: Hey, we're so glad you're back with us today. Heather and I are excited to chat with you. I really do feel, Heather, like sometimes, have you ever watched like a. For instance, like a sitcom on TV. So let's say, like my kids right now love Fuller House. Okay, yep. and they're doing their act, and but they've got a live audience. So you hear them laugh, right? And sometimes I feel like that. Like, how fun would it be if our listeners were actually full on right here live with us?
0: We had a live audience.
1: Yeah, like if just in our ordinary podcast show, our audience got to like show up, like teleport in live. We did that so for that we could see episode. them. Do you remember that? I know we did. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun.
0: So maybe we'll have to do that again. That but... would be fun. A live show. Um. Okay, Heather. So
1: a while back, we posted some podcasts about the fact that we had experienced a lot of fun in our Bible reading Yeah. and the things that God was kind of illuminating to us. Yes. And we had quite a bit of feedback that people really felt encouraged by that mm-hmm. because they did go into their Bible reading with new perspective yes. and new joy. Yes. Um, and it kind of made me really think through the fact that I do think a lot of times we can take for granted the fact that we're living in this country with the freedoms that we have. Um, one of my next door neighbors is a friend of mine and she is here in our country, but she was in a country that has extreme oppression yeah. for women and for Christianity. Yeah. And I was just reminded of the fact that it is so available to us. And so sometimes we do take it so for granted.
0: Yeah. We put it on the back burner.
1: We do. Um, and this past weekend, we got to experience If Gathering. Yeah. Now, if you've never heard of If Gathering, If Gathering is such an awesome ministry. It's um, so five years ago, Heather, you and I, and three of our sisters, got to go to... Was it Dallas? Were we in Dallas? Austin. Five years ago, Austin. We were in yep. Austin, Texas for the live conference. And If Gathering is a worldwide ministry now where they are ministering to women.
0: They were in over 100, uh, 100 countries this countries, year. Countries, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. So
1: anyway, this year, we, um, we've we been hosting it in Peoria ever since that first time we went, which was yep. five years ago. So for four years, we've hosted a, a large gathering in Peoria with a lot of women from a lot of churches. And we really felt like God had called us to bring it back to Peoria. Mm-hmm. And it's been incredible. But mm-hmm. well, this year, you felt strongly that we were to switch it up. Mm-hmm. And so we did. We switched it up. And we instead of a large venue, we had smaller gatherings in homes. Yep. And it was a really powerful thing. A yep. lot of people had really powerful experiences. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting there. And I have a point to this story. But we're sitting there in If Gathering, and it's getting ready to wrap up. It had been a good experience. The worship had been good. The messages had been good. I mean, let's just be real. Beth Moore preached. And I mean, Beth is my girl. I mean, like, if I could be a preaching mama like her someday, when how old do you think she is?
0: I think she said she's 62. 62. But I'm sorry, Beth, if it's different.
1: Okay. Well, she's somewhere right around there. Mm-hmm. and. First of all, just, she walks on stage and we're all like, how cute is she? Yeah, And then she just brings the house down oh, with the truth of God. She's the the best there is. There She is. So anyway, we have think, people like Beth Moore just preaching absolute fire, yeah. you know, and then a plethora of others. But then at the very end, <laughs> Jenny Allen, the founder, gets up on stage to close out If Gathering 2020. And she brings these two college boys on stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was undone over them. Oh, I know. I mean, literally, like, they saved the the very, very best for the last. It was,
0: it was the, the best thing of the whole weekend.
1: <laughs> and, I mean, we were all just, like, jaw on the floor. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I want to talk about is the fact that I am so proud yeah. of that generation. Yep. I think that they've sort of gotten a bad rap, like, oh, the millennials. And full disclosure, I am technically a millennial, which shocks me. Because I think the the date keeps getting moved. So for the longest time, I wasn't, and now I am. And um, I'm
0: not even sure these boys were millennials. I think they might have been screeners. The next generation after millennials. Oh, true. They were young. Yeah. Yeah, Millennials are actually getting kind of old now. Sorry. So,
1: well, (laughs) okay. So, but they're right around there somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure where the cutoff is. It's like 20 or 20. They were college kids. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So they start talking about what they're doing and what God's called them to. And Literally, I mean, Instagram just started blowing up with their image and just all of these women, first of all, oogling over what God is doing through them. You know, it wasn't about like these two handsome young men sitting on the stage. It was about their extreme faith and their obedience to just go for it, to go for what God had told them to do and, and to go with absolutely no idea what they were doing. No plan. And just to go for it.
0: They're bringing revival to their town, to their city, to the students in their city.
1: Yeah. So tell us, Heather, what it was that they were doing.
0: Well, I'll keep it really short. Basically, they... Experienced one of them experienced revival in his high school, right. really powerful revival and that's how he got saved. And then it kind of, it, it went on for a while and like then it kind of died out years, a bit. couple years, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this kind of new concept in the town or the city kicked in and it was these raves mm-hmm. and, it, and it started out as a business. Someone mm-hmm. had a business where they would have raves. If you don't know what a rave is, it's basically this big dance party. A huge drunken kids fest, kids yeah. come in yeah. drunk and high and, you know, it's this crazy thing. Yeah. Well, so this was happening all over town and these boys, were like, we need to go in and preach the gospel at raves. And so long story short, there's so many details. They're so incredible about how God got them in there. But that's what they started doing. They got an open door to go in to these raves and preach the gospel. And they basically said, we'll we'll bring 50 people to your rave if we can have five minutes to preach the gospel. And he was like, little did they know that those 50 people were our... Trained evangel- evangelists, yeah, disciples, yeah. disciplers, yeah, and um, they're apostles essentially, yeah. and so they would go in and they would have five minutes, and kids were getting saved, and revival was kicking in, and like it, it just the the story ends with a with this incredible testimony of this church opening their doors for a rave, yeah, a church giving their space, yeah. for this worldly event, yeah and then them getting all this time on stage and this this young man who's just so anointed yeah just god saying to him don't hold back like these kids need the the real and the raw yeah don't make it fluffy yeah you know and he just preaches the gospel and kids are getting saved and healed and like it's just it's i have chills thinking about it yeah um so incredible and all they did was say yes yeah and they didn't like we talked about In a previous episode, they did not let fear stand in their way, but they did not know what they were doing. Well, he said we were doing. So they
1: met with the business owner of this rave, and he said, "We got out of the meeting." He said, and I looked at my friend and I said, "How were you not scared?" And, And he said, "I was freaking out." And he goes how were you not scared? I was freaking out. You know, they were both so scared. And I I made a point in a previous episode was sometimes you have to go scared. You know, sometimes the life of faith and following Jesus is doing it full on scared. And being scared is different than being filled with fear. Right. Fear is from the enemy. And sometimes scared is a holy reverence of, Mm -hmm. I am not, I am not qualified for this. Yeah but God has told me to do it. So I've got to go for it. That's right. Um, And that's what those boys did. And they, in that first, in that church event that you were just telling us about, they experienced 400 students experiencing salvation and getting set up for discipleship. It wasn't just like a one-time-
0: Raise your hand and yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like, now, now here, we're going to, they sent them one minute videos, 12 one minute videos to watch for 12 days Mm -hmm. to disciple them. They They were going to connect them. them. So I guess my point is this. Here we are, like very far removed from the college scene. Yeah. Yet God is looking at someone that's in the college scene and going, You're the guys. Yep. You're the ones that I'm going to anoint to go and create the revival in that space. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe you're a listening mama and you're the mama. You're the one that's, right. that's going to bring revival to your mom, friends, your play group mm-hmm. that meets and is typically negative. You're the mom that's going to bring that's the revival right. and the grace of God into that space. Mm-hmm. You're the business owner that's going to bring the revival to the staff. And maybe you don't even have the boss's ear, but I believe that yes. God is anointing people right. and raising up people in every single sphere of influence. Yeah, that's right. And we are the people of God. And mm-hmm. so therefore it is our responsibility. Is. And so often, We have to go scared. We have to say yes, even when it seems like a really bad idea. And sometimes even when the people around us think it's a really bad idea.
0: Right. Because guess what? For our generation, no one else is coming. No one else is coming. It's us. That's right. We are placed here in this time on earth for a purpose. God put us in this time on earth for a reason, just like he put Mary on her time on earth to have carried Jesus in her womb. Yeah. You know, that was her time on earth. Yeah. We are here in this time on earth for no one else is coming. Yeah. To this generation.
1: And and I think one thing that struck me about these young men is first of all their humility. Yeah. They were super humble, but they were also very learned of God's word. Yeah, they knew it. They knew God's word and they didn't have prompt cards and they didn't have notes and that God's word was coming out of them. Mm -hmm. And it was, and it wasn't just like the cliche stories that everyone Mm -hmm. knows. It was like him talking about the Israelites and the, you know, the stories from the Old Testament that unless you've read the Bible and really studied it, stories you're not going to know. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, these young men, like these young men know God's word, therefore they know God's heart. And that's why God is allowing them to lead this because of your humility and because of the time that they've clearly put in. Yes,
0: Heidi, you're so right. There has been such a focus over the last many years on image and building a following. And I felt the opposite from these young men. I felt like they were, they didn't even have that idea on their mind. Now, I'm not saying that maybe, maybe they do have some struggles with that, but it didn't come across in the conversation that we heard. In fact, this was so encouraging to me because we have, battled this. We've been in seasons where it felt like numbers were the most important thing. And if you had a big following or big numbers, then that equaled success. You were and, a big deal. And we've been in seasons where we've, God has told us like it, you cannot yeah. count the numbers, right? This is not equal success, which I don't think it ever does. Mm-hmm. Um, But um, they even said when they were giving this altar call to all these kids, he said, do not raise your hand. We do not want to count your hand if you don't mean it. Yeah. Only raise your, I mean, have you ever, (laughs) no, ever in your life heard an altar call where someone says, don't raise your hand. Yeah. Unless you're for real. Unless you actually mean it. Yeah. And I like that just shows that they were in it for people's hearts and souls. Yeah. And that makes me just want to weep thinking about that. Yeah. Because that is what we need. Yeah. We need bold, audacious, humble people and I I was I was just tears streaming down my face as I was listening to them for two reasons. One, because I felt like okay, Mm -hmm. it's worth it. Yep. There are people coming behind us. Yep. And two, I was thinking about my kids. Yep. And I was thinking about the fact that there's hope for them. Yes. You know, there is hope for the world that they are gonna be adults in. That's right. And I was just like, okay, okay, we can do this. We can do this. Well and I had such
1: just like joy flowing out of me because here I, you know, I had just watched Beth Moore preach the night before and then God's called you and myself to be preachers. And so in a, you know, totally different platform, but yet it's like, you know, looking at a spiritual mama and then us. And when my son, when my oldest was an infant, he had a prophecy spoken over him that he and a small group of people around him who would be young adults, ages 15 to 20 would be part of leading a revival of students and that it would be on a massive scale. And the thing that I thought of, at first I was sitting there going, interesting, like he's far too young to fall into that prophecy yet. If yeah. if revival's truly breaking out in the students, and then I felt this thought, this will be what he looks to, to yes. go, yes. it can be done. That's right. And so this this Examples. could be his Beth more, mm-hmm. where it goes, They had such bold, brave faith to step out and to go into a worldly setting and to preach the gospel Mm -hmm. and to do it scared. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, then in however many years until he and whatever people are called to do this with him will go, it has been done, it can be done, Mm -hmm. it will be done again. That's right. So good. So I just thought that was such great encouragement, you know, as we're both sitting there with boys. I just felt like I could see my own son sitting on that couch, yep. giving that interview. Yeah, You know, both of my sons, my younger one is so little right now, but yeah. just going, I could totally see them doing that and having that excitement to go all of the little lessons that we pour into our children every single day mm-hmm. from manners to kindness, to mm-hmm. faithfulness, to our heart condition, to spending time with Jesus, to knowing how to, load a dishwasher, like all of the little things that can feel unimportant. Yeah. This is what leads up to that. That's right. Is the end result of them recognizing the call of God on their life, recognizing his voice and going for it. Um, That's
0: right. We had a situation with one of our children last night where we had to bring some discipline mm -hmm. and some loving, but firm correction. Yeah. And um we reminded them this is what God has called us to do yeah to prepare you mm-hmm. to help your heart be turned towards him yeah um and it was it was just I just saw my my husband laying on this child's bed just whispering mm-hmm. words of wisdom over this child yeah reminding this child that they are a son or a daughter yeah. of our most high God yeah. and he values them so much. Yeah. And this is why, yeah, this is why the reprimand happens. Yeah. The correction happens. Yeah. And it was a really, it was kind of a hard thing, but it was mm-hmm. a really beautiful picture mm-hmm. of just remembering that that's, those are the important times. Yeah, Those times, those times of correction. Vacations are amazing and wonderful and so fun and so important. Yeah. Those times of correction that hurt. Yeah. They're really the most important.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: Um, And I, I love what you shared with me earlier from scripture that goes along with this.
1: Yeah. Um, so actually just this morning in my scheduled reading, I've been thinking a lot about those young men IF gathering and what they're doing and the importance of us, those of us ahead of them being the voices of their encouragement, going, you can go for this. You can do this. You yes. are called for this. You are anointed for this. Yeah. This is the call. This is the vision. Yes. Go do it.
0: You might not know what it looks like. Still
1: do it. Building them up. Yeah. Um, and then I opened my Bible, so I was in First Samuel 17, and it's um, the story of David and Goliath. And if you've been alive for more than five years, you've probably heard the story, even if you're not a Christ follower, right. you know the story of David and Goliath. So we all know the typical story. But so when I'm in God's word, when I'm reading a story that is, let's say, typical, air quotes, and I'm very familiar with it, I try to be very cautious to go, God, what do you want to say through me? Different. Yeah. You know, what do you want me to pick up and notice in this story other than, oh yeah, David killed the Goliath, you know, the, the giant. Right. um So this time I really felt like God allowed me to see Saul's perspective mm-hmm. and the fact, so Saul was the king and David shows up on the front lines and he receives this call from God to yeah. go fight the giant. Yeah. And it says that he's just a young, rudy boy.
0: Yeah. He's probably like 17. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: not Mm -mm. equipped. He was home with his dad, Mm -mm. tending to the sheep, feeding the sheep. He was the the food runner, you know, he's running the food back and forth to the front lines. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't really even supposed to be there. He wasn't old enough. He wasn't equipped. He wasn't ready, if you will. Um, And he says to King Saul, he says, don't worry about this Philistine, meaning Goliath. David said to Saul, I'll go fight him. And in the Bible, I love, you know how sometimes when people text, they like, over exclamation. Yeah, you do that sometimes. Everything's an exclamation which is okay. (laughs) But the Bible's not that way. No. The Bible uses like proper grammar and punctuation. And the Bible in this verse, so in in verse 32 and 33, it uses multiple exclamation points where he says, I'll go fight him, exclamation mark. He says, and then Saul replied, don't be ridiculous, exclamation mark. There is no way you can fight this Philistine. No possible way that you could win, exclamation mark. You're only a boy and he has been a man of war since his youth. (laughs) And a couple of things hit me. First of all, how in human perspective, that was probably Saw's accurate response. Yeah. Like, dude, you are a kid. I'm not letting you go out there. You don't even know how to use a sword yet. Right. You know, but the fact that, if God has given you the courage to complete a task, by all means, go for it. Mm-hmm. God had given David the courage to complete this task. His spirit had led him there and he was going to go for it. Yeah. And then number two, the thought was that your age and your experience doesn't matter to God. Yeah. Like God is not bound by age. God is not, you know, he could have easily chosen one of David's older brothers who were already on the front lines. Who were already fit for battle, who already had the armor, who already had practiced for war. And that's not who he chose. He chose David, the Aaron boy, Mm -hmm. to come and fight the giant. And then the third thing that really hit me about Saul's voice in this is that someone is always going to be against you, Mm -hmm. but go anyway. Yeah. Like, even if the voice against you is the, the, the authority, the king, you know, the person that you most want their admiration and their respect and their words of affirmation. Yep. If God has given you the word, go anyway. Yeah. Do it anyway. Yeah. And I'm not saying out of like bucking authority or uh, that's not what I'm saying. Being at all. reckless. No. Right. But I'm saying like if God's spoken the word, you can afford for any voice to offset the yeah. call. Because David could have been like, you know what, Saul, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for this. And then what? Mm-hmm. you know that the, the the narrative would be totally that's right totally different yeah so the negative voices and the doubters are always going to be present in mm-hmm. our lives in all of our lives we've got to learn to ignore them and we've got to learn to conquer anyway yep. and to go forward anyway we've talked already about the fact that so often in the call of god we've got to go scared yeah. because sometimes faith is scary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the things God's called us to, I guarantee you, David didn't step onto that battle with just this full arrogance and confidence of like, I got this, watch no. this guy fall. He was probably shaking Trembling, yeah. and mm-hmm. so filled with, yeah. he was probably very scared, yeah. but he knew that God was going to come through. And I think sometimes like for David, he shows up on the battlefield and Saul had wanted him to wear all of his armor mm-hmm. that didn't fit him, that was too heavy, that mm-hmm. he couldn't move and be agile. And yet God asked him to take what he'd already prepared him with, which was a stone oh, yeah, and a slingshot. It it's what he had in his hand. Yeah. And and I feel like for David to step forward in that confidence, mm-hmm. he was able to pull from what he'd already learned in shepherding his sheep. He had to fight off a bear and a lion with his slingshot. Yeah. And then kill him with their his bare hands. So he was Rough and rugged, mm-hmm. and he was not sitting behind his YouTube screen being wussy, you know, oh, no. like he was the real deal, yeah. But he was still a boy, yeah. So, but he, what he used is he used what God had in his hand, and he hits the giant in the head, and the giant is essentially just knocked out, mm-hmm. he's not killed. Mm-hmm. And then the Bible goes on to tell us that he had to step forward, he had to take the giant's sword, he had to kill the giant. Mm-hmm. And then cut cut off his his head. head. Yeah. And so I guess the point is this, is that so often the call of God in our life does feel very scary and it feels very big and it feels so out of our wheelhouse. Yeah. But a lot of times I believe God allows us to use what's already in our hand. Yeah. But then he usually calls us to what's next. Yeah. Like,
0: okay. Raises the bar a little bit.
1: The giant has fallen Mm -hmm. with your stone Mm -hmm. that you've used. Yep but now you've got to pick up the sword that you're probably not comfortable with. Right. Because if probably he had been for you. comfortable with a sword, would he not have had a sword tending the sheep to right. kill the lion and the bear? Right. Probably. And so just the fact that he went, okay, God, he was so in tune with the voice of God to do it anyway, to step forward anyway. So, And it just made me think of those young men on that stage. And
0: this translates to anyone. This could be a high school student and God's asking you to do it anyway, to do it scared, to do the thing that's going to bring revival to your school or maybe revival to one person that you go and sit at lunch with. It's not always about a thousand people. Yeah, David was about one giant, one person. He killed one person and God allowed that to then defeat... The rest of the, the Israel army defeated the Philistine army. Right, because so, his faith ignited the belief in the rest of, of his rest army of, right. that they could conquer the right. Philistines. So, let, so let's stop thinking that success is this giant thing. right? You know, We say this all the time on here. It's often the smallest things that are actually the biggest, the yeah. littlest things that are the biggest things. Yeah. And so it might be you as a high school student having the courage to go sit at lunch with that one girl yeah. or that one boy yeah. that... God just has put on your heart. You keep seeing them and you're like, man, why do we keep seeing them? And you're supposed to go talk to them and you're supposed to share your story. Yeah, You know, it could be as simple as that. It could be be, um, a stay-at-home mom who is supposed to open her home up Mm -hmm. just for women to come in and have an hour to have a cup of coffee. I remember being a young mom with a newborn baby And it was my second baby and I was so tired and a friend opened her door and said, come over. And we sat on her basement floor and she gave me a cup of coffee and I will never forget that. Yeah, You know, and it wasn't anything dramatic. She just, she didn't even know that it was dramatic to me, but it was. Yeah. You know, and, and it was the face of Jesus to right. me. And so it's it's doing those things. Um, even if you don't know and don't have a plan and don't have a vision, it's doing them anyway. Yes. You no, know, I have a friend who started a, a business here in the city and it's it's doing really well and he's got huge dreams for it. And we were talking last night and we were talking about what it would might look like if they created a vision. Mm. A a vision statement. Because mm-hmm. when you have a vision statement then everything, your decisions can be yes or no based on what your vision statement was and he was like we you know they were like we haven't done that and my thought wasn't like oh my goodness why did you start the business it was like wow this is awesome you've already had all the success and your business has grown and you don't even have a vision statement yeah you know like now okay now you can come up with one because you've already done some of the work and you have a better idea of what it means and so the point is do it anyway right Do the thing that God is putting on your heart and on your mind. Um, Maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're a dad or a businessman and you just, you just have had this idea for a really long time. Mm -hmm. It's just been in you. Maybe you haven't told anybody Mm -hmm. and God's just saying, go for it. Yep. Go for it. Cause here's, here's the thing. It doesn't have to look like traditional ministry to be ministry, No. to be world changing. It might be a business idea. Yep. It might be financial freedom for someone. Yeah. It might be a, a business that you start or an idea that you have that changes your city. Absolutely. So let's do it. Like yeah. let's be bold, courageous, David like warriors. You know, and this is a point that some might find controversial, but we don't shy away from that here on this show. Um, some research and theologians wonder if David may have been an illegitimate child mm, yeah um there's some references in the Psalms and there's some historic proof that he may have been right. not of right the same mother as the rest of his brothers right. and that that's why he was it back in the field mm-hmm. when um when the when Samuel came to mm-hmm. anoint yep. him Samuel didn't know who it was right and his father kept brought all of his other brothers up and mm-hmm. left Left, and this would have been a big deal. Yes, for Samuel to come, for the prophet to come to yeah. his house yeah. and Jesse's house, and Jesse left him in the field. because yeah. I mean, embarrassed of him. If the
1: president's going to visit your family's home, you're not going to forget about your you're child not, tending you're not the forget garden about your child. And so there's some, <laughs> yeah. some
0: belief that yeah. maybe he was. And so, and that I believe is a word for someone, mm-hmm. someone out there that you feel like an illegitimate child. Yeah. You feel like the, the child, the person left in the field that mm-hmm. no one sees or notices. Yep. God will use you. Yeah. God loves to use you. Yeah. God loves to use the person that most people would overlook. It's so good. So that's a, that's well, a good word.
1: And, and I think have, that is a really good word. I think too, those of us that have grown up in in the church setting and, and hear me listeners when I say this, but there's so much emphasis on well, have you prayed about that? And and hear me, prayer is so good and so important, but if David had taken 7 days to pray and fast after God said go, oh, there's that giant right there in front of you, go fight him. If he had prayed and fasted for 7 days or if even when he, the stone hits Goliath, if he's fallen on his face and David's like, oh gosh, now I feel like I need to go cut off his head. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go away and fast and spend time alone with the (laughs) Lord for this. Well, the giant would have regained consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. And then the opportunity to overpower him and Mm -hmm. kill him while he was unconscious Mm -hmm. would have been lost. And so the point is this, may you be so immersed in the spirit of God that when he says go beat this giant you don't have to pause and go pray and fast over it because you already know the heart of God to know this is God but don't delay to trust God's promptings
0: i think a lot of times our delay is our excuse yeah it's our fear yeah so we say well let me pray about it yeah because it's fear right holding us back right you know i don't I'm sure there, there are times, yes, when people do go and they pray about it and they have to pray about it. Yes. That, we're not saying don't pray. No. Don't go home and tell your husband <laughs> H&H hour, said don't pray. What we're saying is don't allow that to be an excuse to keep you from being obedient to what God has for you to do. Because I think
1: often it gets used as a crutch. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I'm going to go away and pray. And then we lose the, the fear sets in then like, mm-hmm. well, oh gosh, I
0: might fail. Like, I think sometimes God moves on to the next person. Yeah, Absolutely, because, He
1: goes, okay, you didn't obey. Next, yeah, you know, I mean, because God is not a God that has time to sit around. And his it says that He is searching the land, yeah. looking to and fro for a heart that is toward Him, yeah. to be able to use us. And so, yeah. if His eyes are searching and He lands on us and He says, "Here's the here's the task," mm-hmm. and we're like, "Oh gosh, Lord, I'm need, I'm gonna need to book a getaway to pray about this." Mm-hmm. Okay, time's up. And he's moved on, move on. you know, so mm-hmm. I just think that importance of like, what is it today that you need to just move forward and trust the prompting and don't delay? It's
0: good. It's a good word.
1: David and Goliath gets you gets you every time, doesn't it? Man, it's a good story. Yeah. Different story, new topic. Yep. So good. I mean, same story, new same topic. Same story. You know what new I mean. New insight. Yes. There you go.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're honored that you do. If you have any questions or you want to chat with us about this, we love to, we'd love to talk about Jesus in the Bible. It's a favorite thing to talk about.
1: In case you haven't noticed.
0: Every now and then we might tell you like what mascara we use or something like that, mm. but mainly we don't Probably care about not. that. So <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk about God's word and what he's doing in, in the testimony of Jesus in your life, yeah. um, we... We would love, love, love to hear from you. So you can find us on Instagram at the H and H hour, or you can email us at the H and H hour at gmail.com and we'll respond. We will. We respond to everyone who reaches out. We do. So We will chat with you next time.